Yeah. Okay. Right up. All this money, money, money coming to me. No handouts are really had to do it for me. Watch me work. Watch me work. Watch me work. Get out the dirt. Welcome to the first episode of The Beauty of Business. We start off with a bang. Uh, our first guest is a serial entrepreneur uh, with multiple exits. He is now building Swordian Power and the Founder Podcast. Welcome, Chris. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So uh, for the people who don't know you, uh, give us a quick introduction. Yeah, so uh, Chris Lee. So I uh, have uh, built several several different businesses. I I run the uh, the Founder Podcast, which is kind of my my passion project now, in which I uh, help and uh, consult and tell I mean the business stories of many incredible entrepreneurs, including uh, the business of, of myself. So throughout my career, I've built and sold off a handful of different businesses, started many others. Some were successes, some were failures. Kind of built the the whole thing. I'm a I'm a family man, have uh, five beautiful children, been married to the same woman for uh, 18 years. And uh, yeah, so uh, also very, uh, very religious and, and God-centered. So that's uh, that's a little bit about me. Yeah, um, you did two nine-figure exits. Uh, I don't know how much you can tell about the, the companies you sold, um, but how did you scale those two businesses? I mean, that's a... That's a very loaded question. There's there's a lot to the how, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I uh, first company uh, that uh, that we that we exited uh, was built out of my garage. Uh, we in a period of four and a half years we built it to over a thousand employees, and we exited to private equity. I stayed on with that business for a, a year, um, just over just over a year after exiting to, to private equity as the CEO. And I stepped down uh, from that business earlier this year to pursue other passions, to spend more time with my family and different things like that. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as the how, there's there's a lot that goes into that. Sales, marketing, building the right uh, teams, culture. I mean, there there's a lot of general, a lot of general answers, but uh, happy to to dig into to, to details, but, but yeah, it, uh, it was a, it was a fun, fun ride. You know, we built it the, my last year running the business, uh, we did 233 million in revenue, uh, with, uh, just over, just over a thousand employees and, uh, yeah, just a remarkable, uh, journey. We did it all bootstrapped, no outside funding, uh, no, no debt. It was all, all done just from scrapping by and, and making it happen. Yeah, because uh, you touched on on uh, a couple of different areas, uh, which is marketing uh, and team building and and, uh, and yep. sales. Uh, what kind of founder uh, dealer are you? Are you more sales focused, marketing focused, or or people focused? Um, I mean, all all those three things were were my main focuses. There, there's definitely other aspects to the business operations. 
and uh, you know leadership and offering and accountability and, and and a lot of different things that go into running an incredible business. In fact, the there's four areas that I always uh, tell people like in order to keep the fire running in a business, you got to feed it coal, and coal stands for culture, offering, accountability, and leadership. And so, with uh, with that, you know, I, I'm a big believer that your first customer are your people, the the employees that work within your organization. And that if you take care of them, they will in turn take care of your end user, whoever your end user may be. And uh, and so for me, it was always a big focus and still is always a big focus in developing the whole human of of anybody with, within an organization. And and the whole human is the is eating your what I, what I say is you got to eat your peas daily which is stands for uh your physical economic associations and spirituality and so those are the four areas of life that uh, have to be addressed on a daily basis and a lot of times as employers we only worry about the economic well-being of our employees and, and so we help them get a paycheck where the reality is if you can help them become a better person a better contributor to society a better family member husband, father, daughter, mother, uh, whatever it may be, <clears throat> then then uh, they will bring more value to your organization. So help them be better physically, help them be better with their finances, help them be better spiritually. And so, you know, from the beginning, I, I built a, a culture by design and not by default. So it was very much on purpose. Every Everything that I did uh, was was through many, many years of education, of learning things that worked and didn't work. And much of that education came through uh, failing in, in business and, and other education came through working for others. I uh, There was a period that I stepped away from owning my own businesses and went back to work for other companies for, for four and a half years. And during that four and a half years, I looked at it as paid education. And so I went and worked for the best people that I knew in industries that I was that I was interested in, and I made a lot of money as an employee. But more importantly, I learned exactly what these founders and CEOs and and different leaders of these organizations were doing to scale and grow and develop. and And so, you know, I took a lot of notes. and And uh, so, by the time that I went to go launch another business, uh, everything was very much on purpose. And uh, a lot of times. A lot of times, entrepreneurs and founders they they just do what's what's convenient or uh, you know what what feels right in the moment versus like having a strategy or a plan to to go and execute on. Yeah, um, uh, my my follow up for that is is twofold. Um, you say you you help your employees with with their finances, with their health and physical health, and uh, what do you do specifically inside your company to help them? I mean, all, all kinds of things like, for example, one of the, when I was running the business, one thing I would host is uh, what I call financial Fridays. And so every Friday at, at lunchtime, it was a, 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 uh, a, a meeting that people had the opportunity to attend. It wasn't, it wasn't required. It wasn't mandatory, but anybody that wanted to improve their finances, they could come and I would teach employees how to get rich on any level of income. And I would teach them investing in stocks, in real estate, in saving practices and discipline practices, how to create a budget, you know, those type of things. And and so 
you know, because one of my claims was always like, hey, before I built this great business, I become a millionaire making kind of average salary type things because of uh, because of my smart financial uh, moves and stuff. And so, um, but yeah, that, that's an example of how I teach my people as far as the physical side, you know, we, we, uh, the biggest thing is, is leading from the front, right. Being an example of taking care of your physical body. And I, I'm a big believer that if you can't take care of your physical, you can, you really can't take care of the other three because, it's really hard to experience the rest of life, your spiritual side, your economic side or whatnot, if, if you're 400 pounds. And, uh, you know, so, and, and so from that is like one, being an example of taking care of my body two, uh, doing things that encourage others to do so. So, I mean, we would hold competitions on a regular basis where we would do company incentives Hey, well, we're going to do biggest loser who can, who can lose the most body fat percentage of their current body uh, fat percentage and people would go and get tested and and uh you know we would have a, a prize for for people or we would do a, a you know a monthly uh challenge where everybody does a 5k a day and anybody that completes it gets recognized or whatever you know just just a lot of different things where most people would avoid because they think hey that's going to be an hr issue or, or <laughs> some you know you know, I know, I know over in Europe, you guys don't have as bad of issues. You guys are much more healthy than we are in in the U.S. Right in the U.S., you know, I mean, obesity is a is is a trending issue, and and people that don't, you know, just people eat fast food and don't work out and do all these different things, and so we shift that that whole mindset. And you know, one of the things is we hired an outside chef that would bring in lunch for for our employees, good healthy meals. Uh, you know, on, uh, you know, there was one point in our business, we were doing it five days a week and then we cut it down to three days a week because some people just weren't consistently eating it or whatnot, but we always doing different things that encouraged to, uh, our employees to take care of, of their physical beings. But yeah, those are just some of the examples that we've done. That's, that's awesome. And also really good. It's, that's a, a really good example for, for other founders, um, What's really interesting with uh, both uh, the financial aspect with helping them with budgeting and investing and also the uh, physical aspect is how many of percentage wise, how many uh, employees showed up to those uh, events or uh, challenges? I mean, we, we would have a large portion, you know, not all of our employees worked at our headquarters. Sure. So, you know, our headquarters is about 300 people and we have about 700 in the field. So, you know, people that were on roofs and installing solar panels and doing those type of things it was much more difficult. But, you know, we always provided the recording uh, or people could tune in remotely through Zoom. But yeah, we would we would have, you know, on the Financial Friday, we probably have 10% of our employees show up, which is a lot, you know, 100, 100 people that uh, are interested in bettering themselves. Um, but, you know, the, the interesting thing is like, people don't necessarily have to participate to be impacted. Just the fact that a comp knowing that the company cares enough to actually address these type of things changes the mentality, changes the buy-in, changes the culture within an organization, knowing that, hey, my CEO actually cares about my financial benefit. I may have not participated because I was busy with this, that, or the other, but like he's out there, he's willing to take time out of his day to spend time on things that 
aren't directly impacting the business. And, uh, you know, and so I think that's probably the more important thing than, than anything is like, is the fact that people see the buy-in from the leader, from the founder that, uh, that is building the culture within the organization. Yeah. And it also shows you as a founder or leader that you have picked the right people to work for you as well. Um, cause yes, you build the culture, but the people you hire also have to buy into it. That's right. That's right. Uh, my second follow-up was uh, about uh, education. Uh, you're wearing a Harvard Business School, and it's not yep. bought at H&M. Um, what can you, can you tell me about the, your investment into edu education? Yeah, you bet. So I'm actually a college dropout, and never, never, I don't have a degree of of any kind. Where you know most people would say that's crazy or whatever. But uh, for me, um, I'm a big believer in education and, and learning and developing and, and constantly figuring out what I don't know. Um, pieces of paper don't dictate my level of education. Uh, I'm currently attending a, a Harvard uh, program. I'm, I'm a part of a OPM is what it's called. It's uh, Owners, Presidents, Management. It's a very elite group of individuals. Um, there's thousands of applicants for it every every year. We go and we live at Harvard three weeks a year for a three-year period. I just completed year two this this last fall and uh, going to be completing the three-year program here in 2024. But uh, but yeah, so I've spent, I've spent nearly a million dollars on my personal education. Um, that's in masterminds and coaches and events and uh, Harvard Business School and, and uh, you know, all these different things. And um, for me, I am a believer that that you know i have to improve my my physical my economic my association spirituality and and uh you know if there's something i don't know i want to learn it and and so i am a lifetime learner i i there if there's something out there that has any level of interest to me i'm going to go and i'm going to spend money to to learn it so uh whether that's going and and learning more about uh real estate at a seminar or some sort of mastermind or whatever it may be but yeah um i i believe that you know the the thing that we are trying to develop isn't the external isn't the the fruit it's not the money you know the money Money is a scoreboard that can be wiped clean and start over at any time. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if I am a, a an incredible weapon or a, a tree that can produce fruit, like that's that's what I I'm looking at because that's the only thing that I can take. Uh, you know, government can take my money away. Government can redistribute my wealth. All these different things. But at the end of the day, they can't take what I've learned and what I've experienced. Um. You, you mentioned that you're uh, a religious man. Um, yep. I found this aspect very interesting because uh, where I'm from, uh, we're quote unquote a Christian country, but it's not very religious. Um, and I see a lot of people, especially high achieving people, talking more about religion and spirit, spirituality. Um, can you talk a little bit about your faith and how it helps you in your everyday life? Absolutely. So I'm a big believer in Christ. I, I, I grew up in uh, and and still practice in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And, uh, you know, much of my life has been devoted to serving and uh, and 
So every single Sunday, I'm I'm in church for two to three hours. Uh, every every single Wednesday, my wife is doing youth service. Uh, every every single day, I am studying scriptures and praying and doing those different types of things. So those are like some of my habits that I do on a regular basis. And then every Wednesday morning, I, I serve in our temple uh, for for five hours, and uh, and and so what that does is it really helps center me and 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 understand that like the like God first for me always like that that is that has always been uh, my slogan. And the beauty of it is like as I exercise discipline there, and and I really have a greater understanding of like why I'm here, where I'm going and you know what what this life is all about then then it really it really helps just put everything into perspective so then when things are difficult in business when when uh you know i get slighted by somebody or whatever it may be it always brings back that perspective of like i still have to love my neighbor i still have to take care of them even though i may hate them in the moment or or whatever it may be and and uh and so because of that it's uh, you know, my my religious belief is that the families are forever, and 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 since the family unit is so vital to uh, to my religious belief, I, I have a f- huge focus on that. And when I focus on my family, in turn, the things that I do on a day to day basis in work and whatnot are all for one reason. And and so I I have a a great understanding of like this life is very short and and ver- just a small. A small piece of eternity of of where where I will be eventually and where I've come from. I, I believe in a life before this life, and I believe in a life after this life. And so, um, you know, little day to day stresses or anxieties or, or whatever are are just so like minuscule in the grand scheme of things. And and so it just really helps me keep things in perspective and in the way that I serve others and the way I give back. And and because of that, like for me. I believe that God has blessed me financially because of my righteous desires. Like I, I desire money for very different reasons than other people desire money. Um, you know, I, I have a nice house and I have nice cars and whatnot, but like, I am not flashy by any means. I don't, I don't, I could go out and have the Lamborghini and the Ferraris and everything else. And I, I don't, I don't do that. You know, I have some nice watches and I have some, some things that are considered luxuries, but at the at the end of the day, my and my kids know this. Like they don't get anything. Uh, like the, there's there's not going to be an inheritance uh, from from me and my wife. Everything that I have is actually going to my church uh, when I die. And so when you're working under that direction, like things they you act differently, right? Like where, where this isn't to try to set up my kids. This isn't to try to be flashy. This isn't to try to prove to the world, like how successful and everything else I am. Like the reason why I pursue success is because I want to impact and change and grow and, and, and spread a message of, of truth to people and help them become the best version of themselves. It's not because I want to, you know, bang chicks and you know just do all all these other things like like you know that like that that for me is like completely away from from anything i i ever focus on that's interesting uh so um when you die everything goes to the church is that because of religion and the church you're uh in 
Or no, that's my choice. That's your that's, choice. That's my choice. No trust fund kids. No trust fund kids. Yeah. So you know, my my kids, I, I I let them know. I said the most valuable asset that you can get from me is what I know, and I'm more than willing to teach you and direct you and guide you. Um, heck, I'll even co-invest with you. But the only way I'm ever going to invest in anything that you're doing is if it's a good financial decision for me. I will treat you the same way I will any outside person that is asking for investment. And so um, they they know this. And because of this, like my my kids are leaps and bounds above others because they're, they know that they're not in it for the money. They're trying to to learn things like, you know, I have my my 15-year-old son, um, he's he's built up a portfolio of about $30,000, nothing crazy, but like for 15 years old, you know, like the, he's he's an astute investor. Uh, he's got a couple side businesses that he runs. You know, he he's learning how to leverage leverage his time and not just be an employee. Uh, same time, you know, my my daughter uh, she, she's been a, that 17, she's been an astute investor. Like all my kids down to my five-year-old have made investment decisions that I have not forced on them that I teach like all my kids, like you can go and ask my five-year-old what it means to own stock. And he'll be able to explain to you like what stock is, how it's ownership of a business and you can have shares and you can buy it. And hopefully, you know, if, if they get good returns that, it increases in value and uh you know and so these are these are things that I've taught my kids from from a young age and and that's been through a bunch of different things like for example my three youngest my 5 year old 10 and 12 year old they're doing a a thing right now where if they don't eat sugar for a year then I pay them a $100 $100 is not a lot of money but I'm teaching them discipline at a young age for something that everybody else their age is participating in and doing you know harm to their body and by by consuming sugar, but like, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm very passionate about just the development of my kids and, um, and, uh, and really help them become the best version of themselves without inhibiting them with, with money. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. I don't know if a hundred dollars would uh, keep me off sugar for a year, but, um, I got a little bit stuck, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> um, you had uh, Grant Cardone on one of your podcast episodes, yep, uh, where you talked about uh, investing and businesses and entrepreneurship. You both agreed on uh, the founders should aim for an exit and not just a cash flow business. Uh, why is that? Sorry, ask ask the question. The focus on what? Uh, you, you agreed at. The, the founders should aim for an exit and uh, not yeah. just a cash flow business. Why is that? Yeah. So most, most people, when they build a business, they, they build a, a business just as a cash flow asset. And, and uh, the reason why a cash flow asset isn't the most beneficial is it, it all it is, is a high paying job, right? Like uh, for me, I've always been focused on building what I call enterprise value. So most most guys or gals never never touch enterprise value because they're so focused on just making money. And the problem with yeah, you, know, you can make money doing a lot of different things, right? You can do high end hustles, you can flip cool. flip cars or flip houses or what you know whatever it may be. You can flip real estate, 
but none of that has enterprise value. You can't turn and sell that somebody to somebody else, right? So like the problem with the cash flow business is you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's cash, right? Like cash, cash is cool, but cash comes and goes. Cash is a tool. An asset can be sold and 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 uh, can be replicated and can run on its own. And so for me, the the focus has always been like build something that somebody else wants to buy because they'll be able to buy it and not be involved. And so if you can focus on not being involved and not being the center of of the business, right? And it of course it can flow cash, but most people once a business starts producing cash, they stop focusing on the business and they start focusing, okay, what can I do with this money in my personal life, right? Like what watch can I go out and buy? What car can I go and buy? Or whatever it may be. And so they stop investing that money back into the most important asset that can produce. And so for me, like if I want to build something to exit, I'm going to take every dollar that I make and put it back into the business so that I can get $10, $10 more dollars out. And so instead of taking that dollar and buying a watch, I can invest it and get 10 watches, uh, you know? And so like, that's, that's what I, what I mean by building enterprise value and not focusing on a cash flow business it, because, uh, you know, most people think too small. Most people are focused on, you know, when they start out, they're like, oh, if I can get this thing to $10,000 a month, then I'll be doing great. Or if I do this to a million dollars a year, then I'll be fine. The problem is once you get to that point, right, if that's where your limit is and, and, you're, and you're thinking small, then you'll never grow beyond that that point. And so for me, it's never focusing on a certain amount of cash flow. It's like going and and growing and building people and and building building uh enterprise value that can be in turn sold for a, a nine figure value. Yes, uh I can relate to a certain certain amount. Uh I'm uh, like I told you, I'm in the agency business and uh for us, the ten thousand dollar mark, ten thousand dollar mark uh, has been. It's been a horrible year on YouTube because <laughs> everyone is going for ten k, ten k, ten k. I did a rant on this in yeah earlier this year. I completely agree. Uh, also, ten k a month after tax and expenses is uh, you can go work for someone else. Yes, um, kind of hurt me that you said a million. Uh, Cause that's my current goal. Uh, but yeah, I'll just think, uh, think bigger. Yeah. I mean, the, the reality is, is like, no matter what, like whatever the goal is from a financial standpoint, when you achieve it, it's never going to be this big day where the heavens open and the light shines and like, congratulations, you made a million dollars this year. Like not, life doesn't change. And so you have to dis you have to disconnect like your input from your output um, meaning like the output, meaning cash and whatever is generated and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis and where you find your motivation. Too often entrepreneurs tie their, their pure motivation to the output, to the dollar amount, to the 10K a month, to the million dollars a year, whatever, whatever it is. And then once they get there, they find no fulfillment. And so then they, they become unmotivated and they're, they're no longer pushing where, you have to find motivational factors like becoming the best version of yourself or developing people or like changing the world. 
Like for me, I have big, audacious, crazy goals uh, financially uh, from a world changing perspective. Like, you know, I, I want to win a Nobel Peace Prize. Like that's one of my uh, one of my goals in, in life. And because I know that yeah, when I do that, like the derivative effect of what that will impact is is phenomenal. And so like having things that actually push and motivate you outside of money is absolutely imperative to anyone's success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I definitely agree on the on the cash thing. Um I also uh have realized that it's a lot easier to say when you have achieved some financial success, because uh, it creates more security for for you, of course. Absolutely. Uh your podcast, uh, the the founder podcast, um over fifty, sixty episodes now. Yep. Yeah, we're over sixty now. Yep. We launched. Uh, we launched June of twenty twenty three. So we we released uh, about two a week all all year long. So, uh, how has your experience with podcasting been? I love podcasting. I, I think it. I I wish I would have started it earlier. I, I, the the amount of networking and influence and everything, and so really it, it gives me a a. a a foundation and a sounding board to be able to share my message with the world. And, and uh, yeah, it, it's put me into circles extremely fast. Like the, I, you know, I had a strong network before, um, you know, I, I had uh, been connected with uh, Grant Cardone and Alex Ramosi and stuff beforehand, but now like I'm getting put into new rooms and, and uh, have new opportunities. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And for anybody that, has a message to share with the world, I highly encourage it. Yeah, uh, I told you this before we uh, before we started. I, I do a podcast in Norwegian, which is my first language. Um, and we did uh, 26 episodes this year. It's been really, really good. Uh, I just recorded a solo episode um, today where I talk about my experience with it. And, and the networking effect of the podcast is maybe the best thing I've ever experienced. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm sitting here with you, uh, so that's a testament to it. Absolutely. Um, you talked a bit about your kids, and um, this question is, uh, I've asked it in, in the Norwegian podcast because I think it's very intriguing. Um, how did uh, getting children ensure outlook on life and did it affect your business in any sense? You know, unlike most, most entrepreneurs build a business and then try to have a family around that. I, yeah. I went the other way around. So me and my wife got early or married at an early age. And, you know, one of that is, is because of my, my focus in life on religion and family as I've, I've known from a very young age that like, that's what I wanted. Like family was more important than money or business or anything else. And, and so, you know, basically the timeline of my life, I, I graduated high school or secondary school. I don't know what you guys call it. Um, I, I graduated high school, went on a two year mission for my church. Uh, the two years as a missionary, you don't get paid. Uh, you can't work. Uh, you're, you're focused on just 
preaching and serving others and uh, you can't talk to your family. You get to talk, uh, you get two phone calls a year to your family. You're away from people that you know. Like, so that was like a very like foundational experience of like focusing on God. And, um, and then as soon as I came home from my mission, I was married to my wife two and a half months later. And then six months later, we were pregnant with my first daughter. And so that frankly didn't give me any time to even think about business, right? Like uh, there, uh, so for me, it's all, as I stated earlier, God first, then family, then business. And that's how I've lived my life. God came first after when most others were out partying and drinking and going to college and doing just all the other thing. I'm out and I'm serving God and living an extremely chaste life, right? And then what's next? Family. Boom. I get married. I have kids. Like, And then, then I'm trying to build a business around a family rather than... And so for me, like that's... I don't, I don't really understand what other people are going through because, uh, because my, my life has never been that. Uh, it, and, and it's really hard for me to like, understand like this, this concept of like trying to have kids while, while building, while building a business because I've had my kids and then built my business around, around that. And so, and, and because of that, it's allowed me to like balance impact. Um, even though, you know, I work hard and I spend a lot of time in my business. Like I always make sure that there's some level of impact with my kids, with my family, with my wife. That's really, really interesting because uh, most people I talk to is the other way around, just like you said. Um, and also my friends, uh, me and my friends are in the age where people are starting to get kids. Um, and most, most of them say that it, it helps them with uh, focus because they actually just want to go home with their kids uh, instead of working on the business, but it makes them so much more focused when they're working. That's right. That's right. And so I, I've luckily I've had that superpower my my whole career. I've had a different level of motivation. It hasn't been selfish. It's always been external to take care of my wife, take care of my family, to be able to spend time with them. So yeah, I, I would say I've been very blessed because of that. Um. You touched on it a bit, but uh, with your multiple exits um, and investments and everything, I imagine you probably could sit on your ass and enjoy yourself. Um, yeah, absolutely. Why <laughs> because, uh, I mean, as I pointed out earlier, like money isn't my motivating factor. Um, I tried, I tried uh, the whole retirement thing. Um, earlier this year, uh, you know, I, in, in April, I stepped down as the CEO and I was like, Hey, you know, I just want to spend more time with my kids and take it easy for a while. <clears throat> that lasted about six weeks. And those were probably six of the most miserable weeks of my life. Frankly, like for me, I'm a builder, I'm a creator, I'm a developer. And that's where I find happiness. My happiness is found in, in the creation. I, I believe that God made us to be creators and that it's impossible to be stressed. It's impossible to be depressed, have anxiety if you are actively creating. And so for me, like I have to be involved in the building of something. And, and so 
Um, that's why I run the Founder Project. The Founder Project is my my passion. It uh, it's it's focused on building and creating and developing other founders, um, helping them run good profitable businesses, help them run uh, uh, create lives that are focused on the important things, not just the money. And so, um, yeah, that's that's where I find my new passion. And um, yeah, I, I think I can't imagine a day. For the rest of my life that I will just sit, sit on my butt. Um, you know, it now will I, do I like vacation and do I like travel and being at home with my kids? Absolutely. And that's, you know, one decision with, with, uh, stepping down as the CEO that I made is I'm never going to ever miss another kid's game or a, a vacation or anything else. So, so now I, I've built a, a lifestyle business that allows me to get a lot of uh, a lot of motivation and a lot of ROI on what I'm creating, but at the same time, uh, be able to allocate my time wherever it needs to be in the moment with on whatever is the most important. Um, you talked a bit about uh, your kids not eating sugar for four hundred. Dollars. Um, you've been on a health kick uh, recently yourself. Um, you, yeah. uh, I think I commented on one of your Instagram posts about uh, the energy drinks. Um, yeah. What's your motivation behind it, and uh, what's your results? I mean, for for me, taking care of my body, as I, as I've stated before, is is like the most important thing. So I've, I I always am doing some sort of crazy health kick, you know, and, um, I'm a type one diabetic. I don't know if you knew that, but, uh, I've had, uh, type one diabetes for 20, how old am I? Um, almost 20 years. No, sorry. Almost 30 years, almost 30 years. Um, so I've had it, uh, since, uh, since I was 10 years old. So this, this year will mark 30 years that I've had that. And, you know, taking care of my body has always been very imperative. And so I'm always doing some sort of weight loss or no sugar or something that, that keeps me because I'm an all in or all out type of guy. I'm very, I'm not one that can like 80% of the time be okay. And so many times no, I, that, that just doesn't work for me. And so like I've been uh, about 200 days of no sugar, white flour or fried foods, uh, which is, which has been pretty awesome. Uh, great results from that. I've also been uh, without uh, without energy drinks. I went off caffeine for about uh, 45 days totally. Um, now I drink an occasional Diet Coke or you know something like that. But energy drinks, I used to drink 600 milligrams of caffeine a day. And with all the guarine and narine and all this other crap... Now you guys in Europe, you don't really have a lot of that. You have like the monsters and the Red Bulls, and that's it. Like here in the U.S., yeah. you go, we go into a gas station, and there's like a hundred different types of energy drinks, and yeah. and we're all we're all trying to make up for you know low drive and low testosterone and everything else, and so we're uh, we're sitting there and just pounding uh, these type of things, and and um, you know I don't drink coffee or or tea. Um, that's more of a religious thing. Uh, and so for me, like I was, I was drinking a lot of these energy drinks and, and I knew they were terrible for me. And so I finally, uh, actually when I got back from Harvard, uh, from my, uh, my most recent run there, 
I uh, decided to give it up. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been great. You know, I found uh, found energy in in uh, you know more breathing exercises and different things like that. And um, yeah, I just feel a lot more clear headed and less dependent on external substances. And so for me, I want to remove any dependence on anything. And so, uh, you know, and if that's sugar, if that's caffeine, if that's, you know, any type of thing that's, that's damaging my body. Yeah, I did, uh, 30 days without caffeine and I was probably around the same 600 milligrams uh, of caffeine. Um, it was awful. Uh, and uh, headaches for probably 12 days. Um, yep. but, uh, I also, I'm a coffee nerd. I, I love coffee. Um, so, uh, there was no problem having that back, uh, but it did a double whammy. So I'm, I'm back on the, the energy drinks. Uh, so we need to do, do some work there again. Yeah, it's interesting. I've uh, I've attended a you know, I was at a, a mastermind in Croatia on a private island and there was a guy who gets up and he's like a scientist when it comes to drugs of all kinds, microdosing, all the different things and he gets up and gives a presentation and you're looking at this guy and you're like this guy is like you know, like, eh, first of all, I don't do drugs or microdose or any of those type of things. And so it's like, you know, but this guy clearly knows what he's talking about in regards to like how things impact the body or whatnot. And he gives this big presentation on how caffeine is the worst drug there is. And, and I'm thinking this guy who's literally like probably done heroin and like everything else. And, and, and he's talking about caffeine and it was interesting. He, he talked about a few things like, one was that, you know, caffeine is the only legalized drug that is given to prisoners. And and because it makes a prisoner feel comfortable in their cell, right? Like when when someone drinks caffeine, you get this nice warm feeling of like everything's okay. It's all going to work out. It's kind of clarity of like whatever. But it also gives you hyper focus on things that really may not even be that important, right? Like you, you know, you drink caffeine and all of a sudden this spreadsheet is the most important thing in the world. And, and like, I got to super focus on this and which is good at times, right. To, to be able to get that focus. But, it, but what it does is it removes our, our level of creativity. It, lead, it removes our, our level of priorities, right? Like, and so for me, anything that is going to damage my creativity or damage my prioritization or whatnot, like I want to remove as much of that as possible. Once again, I'm I'm not perfect with it, but I but you know that day when he shared some of those things, it really like touched me. Like man, I I I've got to remove this this level of control. I'm being taught by a druggie that caffeine is terrible, <laughs> uh, and yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was kind of a a, a life changing experience. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know if you heard uh, Modern Wisdom podcast with uh, Chris Williamson. Uh-uh. Um, he kind of hacked it because uh, he loves his caffeine and uh, both energy drinks and, and coffee. Um, but as long as you don't do things two days in a row, it will never become a habit. So, if you have caffeine on Monday, you can't have it Tuesday. Um, mm. But you can never have it two days in a row, so you can't save for a week. Uh, so does maybe he, does he that's... believe the does he believe the same thing about meth? 
I'm just, I'm, I'm just joking, but uh, I'll, I'll ask him if I have a move. Yeah, no, I mean that's that's a uh, I I agree with the concept as far as yeah. like um, habits habits are what uh, change and transform our lives, right? Like um, a good habit or a bad habit. I think you know a bad habit done once is not going to kill you, but a bad habit done daily will, and vice versa with. A good habit done once isn't going to improve your life, but a good habit done daily will. And so I, I, I agree. I, I don't know if the the science is exactly perfect as far as like in every other day, because that still seems a little habitual. Because uh, you know, basically, your my, my habit is every is is every <laughs> other day. So yeah. I agree that like if I if I went and did one energy drink today because I really needed to focus on getting this spreadsheet done for the next three hours and I yeah. decided not to drink an energy drink for the next three weeks after that, then then I'm probably fine. But yeah, it's uh it, it is an interesting, you know, li- life is interesting. All all the different aspects to it of what we're battling with and and like what works and and the one thing that i've learned is what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you and we should not compare ourselves in uh physically economically association spirituality like we're all on our own path and the goal is to become the best version of ourselves um for the people who don't know you um you're a bit of a sneakerhead um what's been your best pickup in 2023 2023 let me think um trying to trying to remember what i what i picked up in 2023 uh you know i i i 2023 there were there was some okay ones that came out so i i own so all right i'm gonna share this i've never shared shared this publicly. <laughs> break it. never i've never shared this publicly um i i received it at the beginning of 2023 but I I bought um, some game worn Jordan ones, and so that that is like if for anybody that knows sneakers, that is like the pinnacle of of anything, right? Like yeah. original Jordan ones, nineteen eighty fives that were worn by the goat himself. Um, so I I uh, picked those up from a, a Christie's auction. And uh, yeah, so th- those are those are definitely my my prized possession of uh, of sneakers. I can't imagine that was cheap. <laughs> I'll let you. I'll let your uh, imagination. Yeah. Go. Um, any other Thor uh, watch? Do you have a obsession with watches as well, or just sneakers? You know, I I own th- I own three watches. Um, you know, each one symbolizes a little bit different. I have one that uh, symbolizes the 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 day that we sold our business. Uh, we bought it in celebration of uh, of that selling to private equity. I have another one uh, that uh, symbolizes the day that I married um, one of my uh, my good friends. I married him and his wife. I, I performed the wedding, uh, and uh, you know he. I, I have a long history with this guy, like helping him uh, just just along his path of life, and uh, and it was just a, a pinnacle moment of, of being able to 
to marry them. So I have a watch that I bought in celebration and I wore that day. Um, and then I, and then I have this watch, which I call my, uh, my celebration of life watch, um, uh, which is my most expensive one. Uh, but, uh, it, uh, the, this earlier this year, I had a, uh, near death experience. I was with my, my two, two of my sons, uh, we were in a head on car collision with, uh, with a drunk driver and, uh, we walked away with, uh, just completely blessed the, you know, I, my son who wasn't wearing a seatbelt, the back of my car was completely destroyed and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt back there. And he walked away with a fat lip and, uh, you know, it, so like we should not be alive. And I was given a, a second chance at life. And so, so that's, that's what this, this watch, uh, symbolizes just like my, my new life and, and, uh, just, just getting another, another shot at it and taking advantages of every day. That's, uh, that's really beautiful. And uh, I heard you tell this story about uh, the car crash, and I was like, "How? How?" Yes. Yeah. Yep. How's so. Happen? Yep. Definitely. Definitely makes uh, it undeniable that there's a higher power. That would uh, make me believe as well. Yeah. Um. What's the one question I'm not asking you that I should be asking? Um. I don't know. You know, there I I I appear on a lot of different podcasts and I get asked a lot of different questions. Maybe uh, you know, what's my favorite conspiracy theory or what is <laughs> uh, you know, what is what is something that I believe that most other people don't? Uh, you know, I got a I got a lot that's of a, a lot of crazy a, ideas. Isn't that uh Theo's uh recruitment question? What do you do? What do you believe that most people wouldn't agree with you on? Nice. Now I, I didn't I didn't know that that's his uh, his question, but it sounds like a great one. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Um, so what is one thing you believe that most people wouldn't agree I don't, with you? I don't I don't believe that man has ever been on the moon. I think that's a fifty fifty of these days. <laughs> <laughs> so I I uh, you know a lot of. I believe a lot of conspiracy theories uh, around just American history and and different things like that, and you know uh, I believe that uh, there's a lot of uh, evil people that are uh, pulling the strings behind the scenes, uh, you know, in uh, the New World Order, or the uh, the economic, the World Economic Forum, you know, the, a lot of these guys that are that are driving things, and and that's actually one of my passions. And one of the reasons why I want to be extremely successful is I want to change the world for good. I don't want to have some crazy evil agenda that, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't believe all, all rich people are evil, but there's definitely a handful of them. Um, and, uh, and yeah. so, yeah, that's, that's one of my, uh, one of my big drives and one of, one of my big passions is to change the world for better. Uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I just think there's, there's some crazy agendas out there. Yeah, and I, I'm currently reading the the history of the Sackler family. Okay, uh, in big pharma, uh, would agree. Yeah, yeah. There's I I I'm always intrigued by different conspiracy theories. I don't necessarily believe them, but I'm intrigued. I'm uh, I'm intrigued by uh, Tartaria. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Tartaria. Oh. Uh, they just uh, this. Uh, this conspiracy that there was a, a great empire that had free energy 
that has been wiped from the history books uh, and and that a lot of the different wars and world fairs and stuff have been uh, put in place to actually cover it up um, and destroy like some of their buildings and history and stuff. It, it's, it's fascinating. It, once again, I don't necessarily believe it, but it's a fascinating one. Uh, the other one that like the Titanic was an inside job uh, yeah. to, to get rid of like some of the, the world's most uh, influential people and to implement um, the Federal Reserve in the U.S. and, and whatnot. And so uh, also an intriguing conspiracy. Um, the other one that uh, I, I don't really believe but has some interesting arguments is like the whole flat earth thing, which is, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, like the, the thing that like that kind of don't don't edit this to make me sound like a flat earther, but uh, um, the <laughs> thing. Uh, the but there there's some things like flight patterns in the Antarctic Treaty that are like, why, why, why is the Antarctic treaty in place by every single developed country and that nobody can go down there. And if you do that, you'll get taken down by like fighter pilots, like what, what is being hidden down there? <laughs> and, and so like, these are, these are things that, uh, that definitely intrigue me and, uh, you know, make for fun rabbit holes on, on TikTok and YouTube. Yeah. And I should probably delete TikTok at some point. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I want to be respectful, uh, of your time. Um, what's the founder project, uh, where can people, uh, find you, where can they, uh, yeah, you bet. Learn? So, yeah. So, uh, follow me on, on Instagram at Chris Lee QB, uh, on all major platforms. That's uh, so QB like quarterback. Um, and then, uh, you know, the founder project, we do a lot of incredible things. One of the things we do is uh, called founder acceleration. Uh, we uh, we do a weekly meetup uh, where it's uh, through Zoom in which me and my team will, uh, we, we do live Q&As, we do hot seats where we pick someone's business apart, we bring in guests, uh, we do a lot of different things. So that's three times a month. It's 500 bucks to be a, to be a bit part of that. Um, and, uh, and people, uh, you can just sign up for that through uh, founderacceleration.com. Uh, and then, uh, you can also just go to my Instagram on the links. It it's on there. Um, I have a variety of different, uh, resources and different things, free resources, things that you can buy, disc assessments, personality things and whatnot that, uh, uh, that you can participate in. And then on top of that, we do, uh, we do masterminds and then, uh, and then we do consulting. So for, for businesses and, and so if, uh, if you're looking at improving your life, improving your business, uh, definitely uh, check us out. We're, we're happy to help you. Awesome. Uh, all of the links will also be in the bio and the show notes on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. There's not a man that I fear. There's nobody here that can stop me. Because I'm in a league of my own care. Y'all can just sit back and watch me. They know who I am. They can't imitate. Don't stay in your lane. I'm going to set it straight. I'm putting my way to the top. You get in my way. You know you can't stop me. Come running through. I'm untouchable.